I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Anna Brightman, who is the co-founder of UpCircle Beauty, and UpCircle Beauty is an amazing product that I stumbled upon that I was just so intrigued with the founding story and the product that I really, really wanted to get Anna on here. So Anna was 22 when she launched UpCircle Beauty beauty with her brother, Will, and the brand has grown to become the UK's number one upcycled beauty brand in just six years. Amazing. And when she and her brother discovered that more than 500,000 tons of coffee grounds that are consumed each year in the UK alone are sent to the landfill, they decided to do something about this and create a skincare line from the collected coffee grounds. And so they started going around to cafes throughout London. We're going to hear this whole story. I mean, just incredible. So now the product is stocked in over 40 countries and UpCircle is kind of like an overnight success. I mean, it's one of those ideas that you think, of course, somebody had to do this, but Anna had the courage and was fearless and went and did it. So she's a great example of a co-founder who saw a problem and created a solution. And she clearly has poured her heart and soul into all of the UpCircle products. And I can't wait to hear more about the journey. So welcome, Anna. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Very, very excited. So let's start at the beginning. I would love, love, love to hear from you a little bit more about UpCircle Beauty. How would you describe it to people? So I would say that the thing that makes us truly unique is that we're the only brand that I'm aware of who has centered their entire concept from the name to the logo to the hierarchy of the messaging uh, around the circular economy and promoting the power of the circular economy. Um, So every single formulation in our range is infused with upcycled ingredients that we have intercepted from other industries at the point at which they would have disposed them and turned them into high-performance skincare ingredients instead. Um, We are the same checkboxes that most other brands are at the moment. But as we all know, skincare and the beauty and cosmetics industry is incredibly competitive. And these days, you just have to stand out if you're going to be successful. You can't just be vegan or cruelty-free or natural or housing your products in sustainable plastic-free packaging anymore. That's that's entry-level requirements. That's not interesting anymore. Uh, so we stand out by taking it a step further with regards to sustainability and, um, you know, promoting circular ingredients and also circular packaging as well. So that's that's our core concept. Uh, it's in the brand name as well, which is combining, of course, upcycling, circular economy, and then the positive environmental impact that we try to have as well. So rather than bombarding people with 
doom and gloom headlines about the state of the world that we've created and the amount of plastic in the oceans and all the rest of it. We try to keep things uplifting because, to be honest, no one wants to be reading that when they are you know, trying to pick their new favourite moisturiser. Um, so we keep it tangible and we keep it positive and, and this kind of vibe that every little helps. That's, that's kind of what we're about from a messaging perspective as well. But that's our key USP. That's what makes us different to any other skincare brand out there. So you hadn't been in the beauty industry, I'm guessing, um, other than the fact that you purchased a few in your life at by the time you decided to start the company. So w- was there anybody that inspired you? Did you did you know that you were going to be an entrepreneur in the beauty business as a child? I mean, where did this come from, Anna? No, definitely not. In short, um, I think. Had it not been a joint venture with my brother, I would have struggled to have the total confidence to quit my job at particularly such a young age. As you mentioned, I was only 22 and and I was doing pretty well for myself, as was my brother at a relatively young age. So I'm sure my mum, when we both uh, decided to quit at the same time, was absolutely terrified. Um, But we were in a fairly corporate background. So my brother was in finance He was working at hedge funds uh, in the middle of the city where I'm from, which is London. And I had like a a grocery background. So I was an area manager for huge uh, stores. I'm trying to think of what the equivalent might be for you guys. Somewhere like Target. Um, So I would manage multiple stores. uh, And so I had more of a logistics and operational background, but a good understanding of of retail and sell-through and kind of product manufacturing as well. Um, But, you know, we would both come home at the end of the day feeling a bit unfulfilled, a little bit like, okay, is this going to be it forever? And my personal passions when I was a teenager was that I was desperate to be a makeup artist, uh, which might surprise you because I'm so fresh faced (laughs) today. But I was was, uh, passionate about makeup and I still am. I think it's just incredible. And, uh, you know, my brother is my older sibling. I've got a little sister. But I remember to this day vividly the first time I put makeup on and, and how incredible that process was for me. And of course, how often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. 
The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Makeup goes hand in hand with skincare. So I definitely had a personal passion for skincare, but I didn't have a professional background in skincare at that point. Um, but to be honest, I think what we did have was an amazing idea, a, a unique idea, uh, and those sorts of innate personality traits that you need as entrepreneurs. So we we did we did just uh, decide to quit and be bold and give it a go, and, and we've never looked back. 
Did you read about this somewhere that that coffee grounds? I mean, do you remember that day that you were just somewhat shocked, taken aback by the fact that this was happening and we the world was allowing it to happen? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the, the original kind of aha moment happened. I think it was William on his way to work. He used to always, that's my brother, of course. He used to always go into the same coffee shop each morning to get a coffee on the way to work. And one day, just out of pure natural curiosity, he asked the barista behind the bar, what happens with the coffee that you tap out from that little metal puck with every single cup that you make? Because coffee is so, so popular. And often coffee shops have queues pouring out of them. Um, So, you know, given that there is that amount of wastage from every single cup that you make, he was just curious about it. And the guy told him that they actually have to pay local government to have these big giant sacks, garbage bags of coffee grounds disposed of, and they get disposed of at landfill. And so that's when all of a sudden his brain started whirring. He started thinking, gosh, okay, well, that sounds crazy. I didn't know that. As a consumer, he had always assumed, like most of us do, you know, this is a natural organic ingredient. And lots of people know that you can sprinkle them on compost or on your plants and it will help to fertilize. uh, And therefore you never associate it with being a waste issue. But unfortunately, from an industry perspective and the scale at which industry or or kind of um, the restaurant and cafe industry are are disposing of them, it does have a negative impact because it can't aerobically degrade in these garbage sacks. And when it can't aerobically degrade, it rots to produce methane, which is obviously a greenhouse gas. So this was that moment where the more we looked into it, the more we researched, the more we thought, oh, my goodness, we're learning a lot here. And if we're learning a lot here, this is probably going to be a big discovery for other people as well who just have never even thought about this. And then when you pair that with the fact that coffee and skincare is such a popular ingredient, uh, it seemed like a bit of a no brainer and a massive gap in the skincare market to try to bring those two things together. So interesting. And so when you first started, you were running around to coffee shops and uh, maybe dividing and conquering with your brother, right, on picking up the grounds. How did you then figure out how to, like, which products you were going to create? Were you creating this in your kitchen initially and sort of playing around? What what was it that um, were kind of those first moments that you remember? Yeah, to be honest, it is one of those classic stories where it was very much like an at-home experience at the start. We would go each weekend um, to the cafes and the coffee uh, supplier partners that we have, collecting up their coffee. uh, And then we'd spend like the Monday playing around with it, looking at other coffee scrubs on the market. Uh, We very, very quickly got professional formulators on board because as we've mentioned, we were not industry professionals in this this era. Uh, And it's really important that, you know, (laughs) we do have these things made proper. Um, So we got formulators on really quickly to make our dreams basically become a reality. And we still work with them to this day. But our process of matching what product we want to make with what ingredient we want to use is a really fun one. And it's quite unique to what we do. Um, I've always got a long list of upcycled ingredients and then a long list of products that I want to make. And then it's just the matchmaking process, figuring out you know, what format do the upcycled ingredients come in? Is it an extract? Is it a water? Is it a powder? Is it an exfoliant? Uh, And then what skincare properties does it have? What benefits does it offer for your skin? Uh, And then you kind of bring them together in that way. So coffee, of course, was the first ingredient that we worked with. 
And it made sense for that to go into things like an eye cream. So we use the extract from the coffee grounds in our eye cream because it's very good for brightening up the skin. And then we use the coffee in our uh, signature scrub range as well because it's a wonderful natural exfoliant. Uh, but we now work with nearly 20 other upcycled ingredients that come in all sorts of different forms. Um, and our new product development process is a lot, a lot of fun because it's truly unique and we have to figure out all the bumps and hurdles of working with these ingredients at scale. Because as you mentioned at the start, we're, we're making a lot of product these days. So yeah, it, it takes a long time and it can be a bit more expensive, but it's great fun. I love it. So you've created something super special and in doing so have inspired lots of people to create from upcycled products. Can you share a little bit more about why this is so important to you? I mean, I would guess that there's probably a lot of education. I mean, it's it's an extra hurdle that as an entrepreneur Clearly, when when I was starting Hint, um, my product uh, that I'm drinking right here, uh, you know, getting people to really understand that they didn't need sweeteners in their water was hard. As as simple as it sounds, when I would say to people, it's an unsweetened flavored water, they'd say, well, what is it sweetened with then? Like, how could this be? And and I'm sure you have the equivalent of that where you're having to explain to people, you know, what is upcycling and especially, you know, maybe a generation above you or two generations above you. They don't really understand. Maybe they don't even understand what you and I were talking about earlier and about methane gas and and sort of the problems with that, all of that stuff. So how do you get the word out about that too. And I guess, you know, explain why it's important to you. Yeah, it's such a good point. Um, because to be honest, it, it takes me back to the beginning when we started out. Both my brother and I were seeking as much advice from people who've been in the industry for 30 plus years and mentors, investors, things like that on our concept and its viability. You know, what did they think? Is this a good idea? And almost universally, they said no. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, we ignored that advice and we've gone with it anyway. And I think the proof is in the pudding with the success that we've had in such a short space of time that ultimately we made the right decision. Sometimes I think that represents what you've just been talking about, which is that those people that we're talking to represent the industry as it was. And to be quite frank, the industry as it was is not good enough. Um, we are in a situation now where we are utilising the finite resources that the world has to offer quicker than the world can replenish. So there is no alternative at this point than finding more innovative ways to make use of what already exists. And so we use products in very different ways. Um, but one of the most interesting parts about what we do is utilizing parts of, a, a, if you choose to grow a, a herb or a crop or a flower or whatever it may be, you wanna make sure that you're utilizing every single part of that plant. Uh, and so a lot of the byproducts that we're actually upcycling are simply a part of a plant that's already been grown. So an example of that would be the chamomile stem extract that we use in our toner. The leaves and the flowers are already used in the tea industry, but there's no use for the stem, even though the stem has the exact same benefits as the rest of the flower, which is uh, widely known in skincare to be a very soothing ingredient for very sensitive skin. Same goes for argan. Argan oil is already fairly famous for being fantastic for skin and particularly for hair. 
but no one's using the shell of the argan fruit. So again, we take those shells and we powder them and they are the upcycled ingredient in our number one bestseller, which is our face moisturizer. So all of this really is just about being imaginative and not accepting the status quo uh, from industries that already exist. And to be honest, if we can do it in an industry as shallow and fickle as the beauty industry, then we hope to have a broader inspirational trickle-down effect on other industries. Because if we can do it in this industry, there's no excuse in other industries. Because to convince people to use what they might consider as waste or unclean or old, which are none of those things, uh, on their face, then it's a much easier task for other people. So admittedly, as you've said, there's an awful lot of education that needs to happen. And we need to work much harder than the average brand to explain that the ingredients that we are using are of no lesser quality than a fresh uh, kind of virgin or organic ingredient. Um, so that's that's certainly a task that's more difficult for us than for other people. But if you've got someone whose ears open, um, then it doesn't take long to do that. And there's a lot of research backing it as well these days. Every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur makes their first sale on Shopify. That's over 3,000 sales every day. One of those sales could be you. Shopify is more than an online store. It is a subscription-based software that allows you to sell your product, reach your consumers, and drive sales all from one place. Shopify also gives you detailed reports of your conversion rates, profit margins, and traffic to your page. You can then generate traffic by using Shopify's integrations and third-party apps from on-demand printing to accounting to advanced chatbots and everything in between. Plus, Shopify instantly lets you accept all major payment methods. Shopify has everything you need to scale your business, whether you're a brand new startup or a seasoned entrepreneur. I personally love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success with Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash Kara, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash Kara right now. That's shopify.com slash Kara. So you founded a company and scaled a company and are continuing to scale it every single day. What are some of the big things that you've learned that maybe you were pretty surprised about? I always think back on those early days of starting my company and, and it's, um, you know, there was no textbook. I had met entrepreneurs, but nobody talked about it. What What are some of the things that you just didn't really realize? Um, gosh, a big question. I, I do think one of the most important things that I always try to have as my approach in my day to day is to see no task or no opportunity as too big or too small for me. I try to say yes to absolutely everything that comes my way. Uh, and in that sense, you know, you just never know when you're going to learn something amazing or when you're going to meet someone particularly uh, unique or with a particularly unique experience that could be beneficial to you. So I try to uh, always say yes <laughs> to everything that comes my way. And I encourage that in my team as well. One thing I would definitely say that we've learned to sort of watch out for is not to spread yourself too thinly in those early stages, which almost goes in contradiction to what I've just said. Um, you know, if someone in... 
a stockist in America, for example, wants to stock us in loads of stores, uh, but we've got absolutely no marketing budget to support that, then the chances are that's going to be a massive fail. And then we will have uh, almost destroyed the relationship with that retailer because it's unlikely that you're going to get a second chance. So sometimes I think now, I mean, we're only six years in, uh, but that's definitely a lesson that we've learned that it's okay to plan that sort of expansion for the future when you've got the budget and the manpower and the infrastructure and the stock <laughs> um, to to make something like that be a success rather than feeling like you have to say, uh, okay, let's do this now. Um, you can almost bench something like that for the future when you are best prepared to make it a success because that's one of the big learnings for us with actual you know, sales of a physical product as opposed to a service is that the work starts when the product gets on the shelf. It doesn't end with that sale. It begins with that sale. Uh, and that's when you move on from like a wholesale agreement into, a, okay, how do we support this with marketing? How do we encourage people when they get into the shop to choose our brand over another brand? How do we boost brand awareness in this location, etc.? So that's definitely something that I think that we have learned through scaling, um, which is very important. How many SKUs do you have now? Uh, again, a fairly complicated question because we've got different versions of products. Um, but the main range, I would say we're at about 35 products now. Okay. And what's the major retailer that you're in or major retailers that you're in? Uh, so in the US, our main major retailer at the moment would be Whole Foods. Uh, they're a really, really good match for us um, with regards to kind of what they're all about and the kinds of customer that they get in the door. We're also with Anthropology. And we're with Credo Beauty as well, who are a really good, slightly more niche, but very target audience, uh, which is a great match for us. Here in the UK, of course, we've got a lot more um, because that's where we were originally based. And of course, that was our focus in those early years, as I've just been discussing. But um, a big focus for us now is increasing our outreach in the States, uh, getting our first actual upcycle team members based in the US um, and really kind of hitting the ground running there as well. So how have you funded the company to date? Uh, so it started out with our humble savings uh, and reaching out to our parents who also allowed us to move back into our empty bedrooms to create an office out of those in the first two years that we started. One of the big benefits of it being a family-run business is that you know rent here for office space in, in, in London is crazy. Um, so it was great for us to be able to have an office uh, on the top floor of our old family home for the first few years. We then had a Virgin startup loan right at the beginning, which was humble, but it allowed us to afford our first packaging runs. Then we did our first round of crowdfunding, which again was pretty small. It was only £200,000, uh, which was exciting for us because we were overfunded in just 24 hours. So that was great because that was only about a year into the business. That's amazing. And then we went on the UK version of Shark Tank, uh, which is called Dragon's Den, which again was a wild experience, <laughs> fantastic experience, a really good way to have your brand and your product almost mercilessly critiqued. Uh, but it also proves the things that you're doing really well. And out of five of them, we have three of them wanting to invest, which was super exciting. Uh, and then just today, in fact, we've uh, closed a second crowdfunding round um, which was north of £500,000. So it's Congrats. a very, very small amount of money in the grand scheme of things in comparison to other brands, uh, given the amount that we've enabled ourselves to scale. But we are very frugal. Uh, we reinvest everything in. 
me and my brother barely paid ourselves over the last six years uh, because we are really, really keen to uh, be the ones responsible for really growing this ourselves and to uh, not kind of hand over too much of the baby that we've built. And how many people do you have in your company now? We are 20 um, and we are hiring for four more positions at the moment. So again, relatively small still. And we do have an extended upcircle team who we don't technically employ, uh, but that work for us further afield. So uh, we have a freelancer based in the US. We have a US PR. We've got a UK PR freelancer. We have an external branding agency, external digital marketing, that sort of thing. Um, But our in-house team at the moment is 20. That's incredible. So... People always think that successful people like yourself have it super easy. They just snap their fingers and uh, create a product, go raise money, and um, and get into those big retailers like Whole Foods. I'd love to hear a story where uh, you really felt like, oh, gosh, I don't know if this is going to work. I mean, how are we going to move forward in some way? And... Uh, because we've all been there, and I, I always say, especially um, for entrepreneurs, that most entrepreneurs, they may have other friends who are entrepreneurs, but they also have other friends that are working in banking or big companies, and they have no idea what you're doing. They're more than likely to tell you, you should just go back to the do something else. Go do something in a big company. Parents are the worst, too. They They love you too much. So they tell you, what are you doing? I can't have you do. Anyway, so I'd love to hear that story from you. Oh my goodness. I could give so, so many examples for this. And to be completely honest, every single day I feel that. Uh, and I've often thought, oh, we'll, we'll feel confident after X amount of years, or we'll have cracked it by X, this amount of years. And, and it never gets any easier. And you never get more certain, in my opinion, anyway. It only feels like mistakes get higher and that there are more people at risk if it all goes wrong. Uh, but I think that's the most one of the most important things as an entrepreneur is that you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, hold your head high, dust off your shoulders, and take those setbacks, which are inevitable and constant, and keep pressing ahead with confidence. Um, you know, we've had three or four nights in a row where uh, a, a supplier for packaging or whatever has let us down. And so we've ended up having to hand fill products for major retail launches. Uh, but the main story for me that really stands out would be our first ever appearance on UK television. It was a couple of years ago now. And it was the first time in our brand journey where both my brother and I had gone on holiday at the same time. It was for a family wedding. So we were in Spain, I believe, um, in this fairly remote villa in the hillside. And we had one member of staff at the time who was left back in London. And all of a sudden there was this big rush because we were going to be, our, our products got called in to go on this TV show. And we were like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, Sophie. You're going to have to deal with this. So she was getting emergency couriers to make sure that the products all got sent to this main London television studio. Uh, and we were trying to find internet out where we were on our vacation um, to, to watch it. And there was all of this excitement because it was the first ever time we were going to be on TV. And there was this lineup of products on the screen. And my whole family were gathered around because, as I say, it was a family wedding. And it got to our products and it was some of our best sellers as well. Um, and there were two, there was one, I think she was, I think she's a journalist. And so she was the beauty expert and she was pitching these products to the two television hosts. 
And they got to ours and she told them a bit about the story and they were like, oh, that's cool. And then she held out the product for them to smell. And it was actually our lemongrass coffee body scrub, which has a really strong potent scent. And I guess, I mean, 99% of people love it, but she absolutely hated it. And she physically, physically recoiled in horror at this product. And then almost like, I mean, honestly, it was so bad. And then the second uh, host obviously kind of just reacted from that and started bursting out laughing. She was like, oh, God, that's terrible, blah, blah. So they both then were just absolutely ripping into the product and just saying how awful it was. And then they immediately moved on. So that was it. It was given no other opportunity than just the scent, which one of them didn't like. And then the other one went on the bandwagon. And then they moved on to the other products. And they continued down the range of these products. And then even at the end, we were just sat there in shocked silence all gathered around this tiny laptop on vacation. Uh, and then even at the end when they were saying, oh, what a wonderful array of products you've shown us today. And they went, oh, except for that terrible one in the middle. And I was like, oh, God. It was just the most disappointing, you know, experience that we had probably had at that point when you are so excited about something and we were only a team of three and it was such a huge opportunity and it just absolutely crashed like that. But then, you know, we were faced with, what, what do we do now? What do we do with this? Like, this has been a disaster, but how can we try to take any kind of positivity from this that we can? And I've always been someone who uh, was dead set when we decided to go into the beauty industry, that I would have a brand that kind of told it like it is. You know, our, we don't hire any models. The models on our website are family, friends, um, people like that. There's no professionals. We never Photoshop anything. Nothing's ever got a filter on top of it. Uh, and, and we kind of show the good with the bad and everything in between. So I decided just to post this full unedited clip from this TV show onto our social media. And it remains to this day, the most popular, most engaged with and most shared post we have ever done. And that was four years ago. Um, it got sent back to the hosts who then were absolutely hounded for the fact that they had, you know, completely crushed a young business, um, et cetera, et cetera. And it was just the amount of support that we got on it was incredible and it was a really nice example I think of taking an absolute disaster uh, and kind of drawing a positive from it and just showing that it's not all roses and daffodils behind the scenes it's not easy to be an entrepreneur even with you know the age of social media where everything looks slick and perfect and refined um, actually you know you have car crashes left right and center and that was a really big one for us. <laughs> well you've just shown all of us that it's your company is not just about making uh, coffee or, or products out of coffee grounds, but also lemonade out of lemons. I mean, right? Definitely, definitely, um, you know, a great attitude to have. And I think it's, it's important because while I'm sure there were moments that day, it was not necessarily a good day. You just have to figure out how to move forward and um, you get tough skin, uh, whatever the sayings are that are out there. It, you definitely see all of those. And as I always uh, share with entrepreneurs, the hard stuff doesn't last, right? You just have to find the bright days and and recognize where you've been and how far you've come and, uh, and think back on all of those stories um, where you really thought they were, you were done, but you weren't. That's really what has always kept me motivated. So is there a quote or anything that you think about when you just really need to get back up again, when you're having some of those days that you feel like really sort of gets you? 
Um, gosh, good question. I've always just been someone who's like a brush it off your shoulders and, and keep going kind of mentality. I've always said um, some of my like personal advice, people always ask me, you know, what's your advice for people who are struggling or, or have a, an issue or, or, or lack the confidence to start a business? And I always just say, like, stop asking for advice. Trust yourself. You don't need to take everyone else's advice on board. You just need to do what you want to do because no one knows your business or your brand or your personal strengths like you do you're going to take a lot of hits and as you said you're going to develop a very thick skin um but the more you listen to all of the voices in your ear the more your idea will get watered down and diluted to be something very bland and uninteresting and no one wants that i would rather have a smaller incredibly passionate audience who love what i'm doing than loads and loads of people who've heard of what I'm doing, but don't really care about it and don't think it's particularly memorable. There will be people who don't like you, don't like the way you sound, don't like the way you act, don't like the product that you've made, don't like your branding, whatever it may be. Um, but then there will be, always be those that do. So you might as well have something that's truly what you wanted it to be in the first place. And the best way to do that is to not allow yourself to be pulled in a million different directions by all of the many voices that you have around you. And that goes right back to what I was saying a while back about when we first started wanting to take on board loads and loads and loads of advice. I think that was one of the big lessons that we learned is that you know, sometimes that's not helpful. And sometimes you just have to have the conviction to say, no, this is our idea. And sure, we don't, we're not beauty industry professionals with a 20-year career behind us, but that's kind of the whole point because we're doing something completely unique and completely different and something forward-thinking. Absolutely. Well, it was such a pleasure to talk with you, Anna, and hear much more about your story. They are incredible products. Everyone needs to try UpCircle Beauty. And uh, this podcast is throughout the world. So you're in 40 countries now. So definitely uh, look for the UpCircle Beauty products. Like I said, they're really great products, but they're also, they're good for the planet. They make you feel a lot better about uh, purchasing them. And remember Anna and going around to all of those uh, coffee stores when uh, when you are putting it on your face and trying some of the other products as well. So thank you so much, Anna. And we'll put all of the information for UpCircle Beauty and where people can follow you in the show notes as well. But Everybody, thank you again for listening and have a terrific rest of the week. Thank you so much. Thanks all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank all of our guests and our sponsors. And finally, our listeners, keep the great comments coming in. And one final plug, if you have not read or listened to my book, Undaunted, please do so. You will hear all about my journey, including founding, scaling, and building the company that I founded, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. 
Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.